last time on Leighton Legends. So the three of you turn and you leave Jen's office. I mean, I gotta go to Bolster either way, boys. I do want to get dressed. <laughs> After your meeting with Captain Jen, who explicitly said you should no longer do anything to associate the guard with any unscrupulous characters, you decide to visit a crime lord, Mordecai and Val. You know the way. So it doesn't take long to find the familiar alleyway leading to Bolster's office. I want to put you in my hat. I'm going to walk in to pay off my debt. If things go sideways, hat comes off. I think maybe a, maybe a rat then might be more appropriate then. We could ratatouille it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the puppet show ratatouille. Geo, I have a plan for you. Your goal, your specialities used perfectly. I want you to go into the back alley, see if you can find a trace of where the doctor was. Sounds like you're just trying to keep me out of this building. You can detect evil in a very broad sense, and there is a lot of evil in this alleyway. A lot of bad things have happened here. Giovanni, you count at least a fortnight worth of souls have been taken in this alleyway. Mordecai, so happy that you could join me this evening. I'm in the market for uh, something called a phylactery. That's some pretty mischievous stuff. I'm in the market for the same information. I would like someone in the garrison, so I will take you up on that offer. Okay. As my true name is Giovanni de Chambre, and it is a pleasure to make your acquaintance. But as of this point, I do not wish to ally myself with the likes of you. You... So where we left off is you guys were leaving Bolster's office. You had just had a meeting with him. And some of you kind of came to some arrangements with Bolster. Others of you did not. But unfortunately, you didn't get very strong leads on where to go from here. So the three of you are outside in the alleyway, just outside of Bolster's office. Could I have each of you roll a perception check? Uh, I rolled a three. And I rolled a two. Great start. 120. Mmm, that's a hell, a hell of a dice roll. Holy crap. Uh, and I rolled a natural 20 with a bonus of 5 for 25. You definitely got this one, Val. Val, there's a buzzing in your pocket. Okay. Like physical or like audible or? There is a physical buzzing in your pocket. Um, I'm going to like instantly reach in my pocket and just hurl it. Okay, you hear a voice yelling out, Hello, boys. Boys, can you hear? <laughs> is that a Morty in your pocket, or are you just happy to see me? <laughs> Wait, is it just it's just Ben's pocket vibrating? Or are all yeah. of our pockets vibrating? We just can't tell because we load such a goal perception. We're going to go with that second one because you guys are oblivious. Okay, well, obviously, I know what this is then, or? Yeah, so you pulled this vibrating mass out of your pocket, and it was the stone of far speech, and from it, a voice is speaking to you. Boys, can you hear me? Boys. I'm going to leave him on read because he has been ignoring my calls for the last fortnight. All right, listen, cut through the shit. I don't have much time. I've been cut off from the sanctuary. The doctor has tracked me. I don't have time to discuss how this happened, but you have to get the prison crystal. I've hidden it in the university above where you found sanctuary. Go there. Find a man that goes by the walleye. He might be able to lead you to it. You'll need to bring it to the phylactery. It's in... Wait, wait, something's happening. I, I, I can't, I can't. And then silence. Typical. Morty! Did he say we gotta go to the university? 
It sounds like we must travel to the university. Sounds urgent. All right, guys, this is going to be a little awkward. Yeah, I, I, I went to this specific university a long time ago, so I, I'm going to be real sneaky. I was going to say, why don't you just wear a disguise? I'm already wearing a mask. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> that's not like a tra- that's not, not your like trademarked mask. No, we'll get into that later. It's not important right now. I like to think that when Mordecai was going to school, he was just a smaller person. He was a younger person, but wearing the same size mask. That's what I was. So thinking. it's just a, a child with like a man's mask on. Um, how far away are we from the university right now? It's on the other side of the city. The university is kind of in its own little district. Um, you could probably get there in like an hour. It's getting into nighttime now because you did go to see Bolster after meeting with Captain Jen in the evening. So I think that it would probably be pretty late at night if you went there. Guys, uh, <clears throat> breaking into places is kind of my specialty. So let's go right now is what I'd say. I agree. I'm down. Gio's down for breaking in. Oh, I'm not down to break in. I'm down to save our fellow companion from a terrible fate. Morty sounds in hella trouble, so let's, let's book it. All right, well, let's get going. Okay, so you guys leave the alleyway. You make your way to the university. You've already been here, technically, when you went to the sewers. So you just kind of follow the similar routes that you're familiar with. These might be more familiar to Mordecai than it is to you guys, as this was his old stomping grounds. But you end up making your way to the university. It's now late at night, maybe about eight or nine. The sun's gone down. You can see that lamps have come out to light the streets. And you enter the area of the university. So you stand before a large stone gate that is mostly symbolic in nature. The walls are about seven feet high and decorative, with no doors blocking the entrance. It's simply an open arch. At the top of the arch is engraved Universitas Sancti Renlin. Looking past the gate, you see a long stretch of cobblestone road that leads up to the university campus. The campus itself is not a single structure, but a series of large stone buildings circling a central park. The buildings are each done in their own architectural style, as though they were the product of several students' thesis across hundreds of years. As you enter the campus, you can see groups of students dashing from building to building, even though it's late at night, and others lounging in the park. So how do you enter the university? Well, uh, I feel like Mordecai is pretty familiar with the layout having gone here before, but I don't think he recognizes the name of this person we're trying to find. So personally, I would go into the biggest building, the one in in, in the middle, and then spread out from there. Is, is there any way we can enter that isn't illegal? Like, is there anyone working at the night desk or like... Mm-hmm. Good, like call, good call, good call. Because we are, we are, we do work for the city guard. I mean, if there's... If we have calls about a disturbance, we could just go check it out without a warrant. It's probably fine. Or make up a disturbance. Mordecai, since you are a alumni of this institution, do you happen to know if any of these buildings have basements that might connect with the sewer? Mm. I mean, it's been a while since I came here. I'm just trying to remember each of the different buildings. I, uh, I think I studied intro to the philosophy of abjuration over there. Over there was Homek hated that class uh the enchanting hall the library one of these had to be the maintenance i just cannot remember for the life of me you know it's it's all magic they like to change things up every couple of years roll perception to see if there's anywhere that's open uh sure roll a perception check onto a nine. Oh, critical one uh i rolled a 15 i feel like mordecai should be rolling an advantage because he went here <laughs> 
You'd think that. Uh, maybe Mordecai got hit really hard on the head, like immediately after graduating, uh, because Mordecai <laughs> just has no idea. These buildings, they certainly look like buildings, but it's tough to know which building did what. You have a list of classes you took, but you couldn't remember which building they were in. So you have a tough time working things out. Giovanni, you have a better idea perhaps about what's going on here. You can see that there is a lot of people that are running to and fro, and you can see people like tossing around a frisbee in the park in the center of this campus, even though it's late at night. And you can see that most of the buildings that you would expect to have classes in are kind of dark, but the library seems to have a light on. You suspect that maybe it's like exam season or something, and they are keeping the library open later for this period of time. Shall we go to the library and make an inquiry there? I don't see why not. Just watch out. They're playing Supreme Frisbee. A game I love. You don't want to get hit with that Frisbee, man. It's 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 magically projectiled to go faster. I'm familiar with the Supreme Discus. <laughs> so what do you want to do? Let's go to the library. Uh, we got it. Morty's in trouble, guys. So we got to we got to get going. As much as uh, I'd love to stop and play Supreme Disc with these nerds. So Giovanni, you managed to kind of figure out through process of analysis which building here is most likely to be the library. And you can tell that it is this large, long brick building on the left-hand side of the campus. And the three of you make your way there, kind of passing past beleaguered students as they're running to and from buildings that seem to be mostly closed. And you make your way to the library. Ooh. Ooh. Nice. So the library is a very large building. Despite your lack of perception, Mordecai, you recognize the library as it was a place that you often spent a lot of your late evenings studying for exams and midterm papers and doing homework and things like that because it's a great source of knowledge. There are so many books in this place and it's one of the largest resources of knowledge in the Commonwealth itself. Speaking of which, uh, Mordecai, this must bring up a bunch of memories for you. How are you feeling right now? We've never really heard much about your history with the university, uh, even after the events surrounding your exile. How do you think things are with your relationship with the university right now? Well, if they recognize me, I'm not too sure. I, I obviously spent a lot of time here uh, as a sorcerer. Most of my magic uh, was naturally based, like it came from me. But Mordecai's family sent him here to kind of refine it. Get a grip. Yeah, like he did he did really, really well up until maybe his, his latter years and he kind of became like the magician frat boy, rode on his talents for a little while, you know, got through his exams, got out of school, and then he's not actually sure where the university stands with him after his little cluster, <laughs> I guess is the best description. So he's just kind of like trying to keep a low profile. He's keeping his hat down, covering his face a little bit, trying not to get recognized. So uh, Mordecai leading the way, you enter the library and you can see that there are a bunch of tables as you walk in that are filled with students that are peering over books. And there are other ones that are kind of in the stacks of books, looking at things and trying to pull out different things for their resources. And as you enter the facility, you see that there is a very old man sitting at a desk that looks kind of like a secretary position as you enter the building. Does he look familiar to me? He doesn't really look too familiar to you. You might recognize him as a librarian from your time that you spent here. Mm -hmm. I just never got his name. Actually, can I have Giovanni roll an investigation check? Yes. <laughs> I rolled an 18 minus 1, so 17. So you actually recognize the guy sitting at the table there, Giovanni. 
And you recognize him from your time spent at the training academy for the Order of the Sacred Object. You know him as Sir Michael Walleye. Ah, Sir Michael, it has been too many fortnights. How goes it? So sitting at the desk there is this grizzled old man, and he looks over at you, Giovanni, says, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, uh, who are you? It is I, Giovanni de Chambray. We trained at the academy together. Surely you must remember something about me. Oh, you're one of the, uh, the, the order grads. Yeah, 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 yeah. I worked there for a stint as a gym teacher. Um... Yeah, I, th- I I recognize you. Yeah, that's uh, it's weird. Um, uh, good to see you. What brings you to the academy? Ah, uh, we believe that there is a grave danger here. Would you be able to point us to any sort of basement or sub basements that potentially link up with the sewer? We're actually here on city guard business, so if you could make haste, we'd greatly appreciate it. Um, I I mean, I wish I could help you out, but there's no basement in this building. It's all above ground. What? specifically the library or any any of the buildings here i think that there might be some over in the engineering department that you know might be underground but that's not really my business hey uh geo you're gonna introduce us to your friend oh excuse me how how rude i i'm just so worried about our friend uh morty not to be confused with mordecai so while uh, these are my brave brave companion compatriots mordecai and val a pleasure to meet you and Geo says walleye. Mordecai's going to smack Val in the shoulder and be like, isn't that the guy we're supposed to find? Uh, yeah, I would assume so. Mr. Walleye, sir, are you, do you know a, a Morty? Morty. Um, I mean, I had a guy come in here a few days named Martin. Oh, yeah. Okay, same thing. Yeah. Old man, kind of disheveled. Yeah, it looks almost identical to me in, in terms of physical structure in that we're both old and crouchy old men. <laughs> but he was wearing robes that were kind of like, eh. But you, you got nice robes. You got that librarian chic. Uh, thank you. Oh, I, you know, not, you, you'd be surprised. Not a lot of people actually comment on that. But librarians put a lot of thought into our uh, our look. Yeah, yeah. Um, does the word sanctuary ring a bell? No, I don't know a sanctuary. Um, if you're interested in that Martin guy who was looking at some books here, he came in asking a few questions about some stuff. Yeah. Where did you end up sending him? Yeah, over in the uh, the necromancy aisle. I'll uh, I can escort you over there if you'd like. Yes, sir. Hmm, yeah, let's go. So then, uh, Michael Michael Walleye stands up and he opens up the little half door that separates him from the rest of the room, and he walks through it and comes over to you and then gestures after him and he walks through some of the aisles and ends up bringing you to a area that's separated sort of from the rest of the library. It's certainly still amassed in all this books, and there's a lot of clutter in that area, but it looks like this is much, much, much less used than the rest of the library. In fact, you can barely make out people walking around. It seems to be mostly isolated. Is there a curtain over the aisle, kind of like the naughty aisle, or? No. (laughs) Naughty aisle. It's just an aisle. Does it feel spookier in any way? Yeah, emotionally, you feel spookier because there are less people here and you are now alone. And the creeping uh, thought of your impending loneliness is really kind of starting to take its toll. Well, stray cobwebs? Uh, None that you can see. I mean, like this area here is very cluttered. It looks like it hasn't been cleaned a lot lately. Like it's kind of been pushed to the back of the priorities for the librarians. But it's it still looks like it's part of the library. It doesn't look like it's old and falling apart or wretched or anything. Naughty. It doesn't look naughty. <laughs> did we pass any any bookshelves that had to do with uh, transmutation at all? Uh, roll a perception check. 
17. So while you're walking over there, uh, Mordecai, you actually do notice that you passed through an aisle that is on transmutation. There's like four or five bookshelves that range in a variety of different topics that have to do with transmutation. In fact, you actually recognize some of these books from your time reading them when you were at school here. Perfect. Uh, I think Mordecai is just going to grab one or two that kind of like catch his eye so he can do, uh, do some studying. He's not doing this sneakily in any way. It's almost as if he's going to check them out on the way out the door. Okay, so Michael actually notices you kind of picking through some of the books in the transmutation section as you're on the way to the destination that he was bringing you. And he turns back to you. He rolled a 20 for perception. And he says, hey, um, you're not a student here. You uh, shouldn't be touching too many books. You're guests right now. Oh, yeah. No, no. I'll put them right back. It's just uh, got to bone up on this material. It's actually why we're here. So uh, don't worry. I'll put them back. Did you want to check those out? I mean, if you give me the option to, yeah. I mean, I'll I'll toss you a coin or two if that makes it easier. I don't know. Well, what we could do is we could sign you up for a public access card, and you'll be able to bore them off campus if you need to. Any chance you have your old student card? <laughs> oh, actually, that's a good question. Uh, I don't want to show him, right? That's the thing. Uh, yeah. I just want you to think, Mordecai, would you still have your student card on you like 20 years after you left the university? I probably used it for target practice like the year after I graduated. <laughs> so, yeah, no, uh, I'll sign up for one later. That's, yeah. Sure. Uh, if you leave those books with me, I'll lead you to the spot and you can check them out when you leave. Sure. I'll hand him like three or four books that I just happen to pick off the shelves. Okay. So he kind of looks them over and says, all right, I'll uh, get these back to you. Just let me bring you to the, the spot. So he continues progressing through the library and he ends up making his way over to a kind of a nice little reading area. There's a nice little reading nook. There is a leather bound chair sitting in front of a desk. And then there's kind of a fire with some stoked embers connected to the wall, giving some reading light. But for the most part, there are no open candles in this library. There might be a fireplace here or there, but most things are lit by arcane lamps. Ooh. Are we trying to look for clues now to figure out where our buddy went? So Michael kind of gestures at the spot and he says, well, this is where this Martin fella was spending most of his time. I think he had a couple books left there that we'll have to put back at some point. But you're welcome to kind of look around as, as your leisure. If you need anything else, I'll be at the uh, front desk for you. Thank you. Thank you so much. We'll just be a few minutes. Uh, yeah, sure. No problem. And with that, Michael turns around and heads back to his position at the front of the library. As you approach the spot where you were told Martin spent his time, you find a single leather-bound chair sitting in front of a desk. I don't know why I had to specify that sentence there, but it was the first sentence in my description of the room. Um, I feel like this chair may bear some sort of significance. All right. Uh, Geo, you check the chair. Wow, that's hard to say. Val, he's doing that. Maybe you and I should get some research in. I mean, we are in the necromantic section. The naughty section. Right, right. Uh, do you want to look up anything that you can find on phylacteries? And I'll look up anything I can find on liches. And then we'll bring whatever we find over to Geo. It's a great plan. Uh, didn't, uh, did Mori not give us a uh, specific book to look for a stone? I don't know, man. He called you. I don't think so. Uh, no, uh, uh, yeah, absolutely. Then I'll, I'll, uh, I'll take on the phylactery and, and then we'll report back to Geo, see what Geo finds. Split! I'm going to roll to investigate this leather chair, like check down the crevices or see if there's any hints or clues left here. Sure. Uh, so I want everybody to roll an investigation check. I rolled a seven. So eight minus one. Not good at investigating. I'm going to use my tides of chaos to make this at advantage. Ooh. Okay. 
I got an 11. <laughs> and I rolled a 15. So the three of you kind of break ways and start your own private investigations. Uh, we'll start with Mordecai. Mordecai, you kind of look through the shelves and you notice that there are quite a lot of books here about death and dying, but there doesn't seem to be a lot of books here about necromancy specifically. Like there's nothing with necromancy in its title. Uh, Giovanni, you're looking at the chair and you kind of prod it a bit. It's uh, real nice leather. It's all natural, well dyed, although it also looks like it's well worn. A lot of butts have sat in this chair. Looking around, you find a single silver piece lodged between the cushion at the bottom and the arms of the chair. Cool. Yes. Giovanni, you also notice a single book sitting on the table in front of the chair. Ooh. Now, Val, you're looking through the stacks of books. You're sort of with Mordecai. You're looking on different sections of the same aisle, and you're going through it, and you're finding sort of the same problem that Mordecai is, is that there's not a lot of books here that seem to specifically mention necromancy. They just kind of talk around the issue, mostly. But there is one thing that you notice. Or it's rather, it's one thing that you notice a lack of, is that there are very specific books that seem to be missing in the book stacks. Like, there are books that seem like they have been pulled and not put back up. Mm. Find anything, Val? Uh, no, nah, can't kind of come to a head. Doesn't seem to be much uh, that we need. Mm. Gio, what about you? There appears to be some sort of text upon the table here. Is it that dusty? Man, wipe the book off first. I have very bad allergies to dust, uh, specifically the dust that accumulates on old books. <laughs> well, what's what's the book? Uh, what's the title? So the three of you make your way back to the table where Giovanni is currently standing, and he's kind of peering down at the table, looking at a book. There is a lot of dust on it, and you can't quite make out the title of the book. Can I blow the dust Just off? Brush it off? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so you you <laughs> blow the dust off of the book. And the book is titled Secrets and Plot Devices. How to Move a Story Along. <laughs> oh, God. Written by none other than Sir Henry McGuffin. <laughs> Giovanni is surprisingly well read. <laughs> Only in story-based texts that progress the storyline of certain adventures. I want to pick up the book and just flip through it haphazardly to see if there's like any dog-eared pages or anything that stands out. You hit the index. Look for phylactery. Oh, yeah. So you pick the book up, and as you do, the book disappears from your hand, and suddenly the world around all three of you turns gray. Oh, if no. any people were around you, they have now disappeared, but the library itself remains intact. However, the library does not look like it once did. It's now dark, and the light cast from the lamps nearby are dim. The library itself looks torn, rotten, and abandoned, as though it was thousands of years old. Books on shelves are moldy, and many of them are missing. Webs and dust cover everything. Where the book once sat on Martin's work table, now seven sit. Holy crap. Seven. You guys see that? Oh, this is going to make me sneeze quite a bit. Okay, Geo, 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 just hold your breath for a second. Can you do that thing where you sense evil? Just make sure we're safe. Yes, good, good, good idea, good idea. I would just like to use my divine sensibility. Okay, and that kind of helps point you to divine sources and lets you kind of know if they're good or evil in nature. Mm -hmm. So you reach out with your feelings again. And you don't feel anything explicitly divine. You really don't even feel anything that is evil or really even good. You feel like you have somehow entered a new world 
and that there seems to be magic around you, but that's really all you know. Hmm. Did you get anything? No, I, I believe we are safe here, at least from good or evil. Well, let's uh, let's make this quick before anything does happen. I'm going to turn around. I'm going to take a look at the books and see what, what they're called. So you take a look at the books on the table and you read through their titles. The books themselves are not covered in dust at all. In fact, they look newer than the rest of this building. Oh, wow. These are the titles of the books. Necromancy and the Starting of Death. Necromancy, A History of Evil. Necromancy and the Starting of Life. Necromancy and Power Incarnate. Necromancy and the Fall of Man. Necromancy in the Bedroom. Necromancy, How to Win Friends and Influence People. <laughs> Naughty. I'll start with the last two if you, if you guys would like to do the first couple there. Before you pick up the books, I'd like each of you to roll a perception check. These, these are probably cursed. Oh, so much perception. I'm not good at this. Oh, never mind. Nat 20. Oh my god. I rolled a 2. And I rolled an 18. Okay. All right. So, uh, Giovanni, you don't pick up on this really at all. But Mordecai and Val, looking across from the desk from you, you can make out three figures that are standing stoically in front of a dim fireplace. And these appear to be statues. Each figure is holding a plate out towards you that is empty. Well, that's ominous. Guys, do you see that? I want to call out and challenge them. Like, who are you? There is no response. Val, I think they're uh, made of stone or something. But y you see what they're holding? Lids. I mean, it's my gut here, but I think we got to take the right books in the right order and put them on the plates. Oh, very Tomb Raider. I'm sorry, what, what are you two looking at or talking about? I'm literally curious. <laughs> Mordecai's going to grab Giovanni by the shoulder and just kind of like spin him in the direction and point. Right over there. <laughs> ah, I see. See, there's three plates. There's three ominous statues. I see. Perhaps three. Yes. It could either be beginning, present, and end. A maiden, mother, crone, father, son, holy spirit. Uh solid liquid gas uh i'm not i've uh, you do you guys have any ideas thing object commodity <laughs> well I, I highly doubt that this would be the place for contemplating the tenets of my religion there's nothing but end in necromancy geo uh no look at the book titles again let's look at them again uh can i have you guys before you move on to the books roll an investigation check i rolled a five i rolled a nat 20 plus one 21 eight for me Mordecai, you managed to pick on this very explicitly, but Val and Giovanni, this kind of perhaps goes over your heads. Mordecai, you notice that each of these statues is different. Each statue appears to portray a woman, though in differing stages of life. And because you rolled a good investigation check, I'll give you descriptions for each of these people. So on the far left stands an old woman that is shrouded in a great cloak. She is covered in runes, talismans, and crystals, and a wicked staff leans against her shoulder. There is some text that appears underneath. The middle statue presents an image of a pregnant woman. She stands in a draped robe with a shawl draping over her torso. At her feet are loose stacks of wheat. Again, she also has text written underneath her. The last statue, on the far right, she is by far the youngest of the three, perhaps in her early 20s. She wears a slim tunic tied to her waist by a cord. Upon her head sits a crown of flowers. She also has text underneath her. Can I go up and investigate the text? Which one do you want to investigate? We'll go left to right again. 
All right, so starting with the statue of the old woman, it reads, Silence now, lest others hear. Breathing rattles, full of fear. Guidance can prevent the bite, and knowledge will help shed its light. Mm. That's a lot. Ominous. Obviously, I'm just going to relay these back. So, like, whatever you're reading is coming out of Mordecai's mouth back at the other two. Sure. The next one reads, Speaking loud for all to hear does not make you the wisest seer. But if growing is your boon, then confidence you must attune. Mm. Okay, that one's not as scary. Okay, let's do the last one. Yeah, did you guys get all of that? Yeah, yes. All right, I'm moving on to the last one. When moon is waxing, care for speech. Be careful lest you over-preach. Hold close to those you value most, lest your friends become a ghost. And ominous again. Okay. We got an old lady, we got a pregnant lady, and we got a young lady. Weird philosophical ideas at the bottom of their statues, and they're holding plates. God, I hate university. (laughs) Perhaps we need to find the book that fits into the plates? Can I... Like, Mordecai's going to pick up the book that says Necromancy and the Starting of Death. Okay, and I want to try and flip through and see if I can... Oh, Check Discord. Okay, so I'm recording this after the session has ended. Hello, everybody. Mordecai has just picked up a book. And in this puzzle, as each player picks up a book, they're going to be sent a secret message in our Discord server, which is where we have all of our chat. And they have to do a particular action. In this case, Mordecai picked up necromancy, and the beginning of death, and as a result, he got a message that said he is not allowed to speak. As each other player picks up a book, I'll let you know what those actions are. Hmm. Interesting. Do I tell... No, I can't, I guess. Okay. So, uh, Mordecai picks up the book, and I want to flip through the pages to see if I can find that quote that might be on the bottom of the crone. Uh, yes. So you pick up the book, which is Necromancy and the Starting of Death, and you flip through it and all the pages are empty. Mm. So I, he's going to turn to the other two and he's going to open his mouth and try and tell them what's going on. Come again. Come on. Do we perhaps notice that there was like like as he's flipping through the book that like there's nothing on the pages or Yeah, sure. So if you huddle up around Mordecai as he's flipping through the pages of the book, you too also pick up that the book is completely empty. Okay. Hmm. And you try and put the book back down? Yep. Okay. He puts the book back down. Okay. Still can't speak? No, you're good. Oh god. <laughs> what happened there, dude? Um I think these books are enchanted. Or cursed. Could be either way. I think definitely cursed is the word. So that one had nothing inside it. Um, why don't you try a different book? I mean, it didn't hurt, so don't worry. I will grab the necromancy and the power of incarnate. I dibs the bedroom. <laughs> okay, we'll start with uh, Giovanni. Giovanni has picked up the book Necromancy and Power Incarnate. In this action, the holder can only yell. Very appropriate. And now, Val, I'm sending you a message. Val has picked up Necromancy in the Bedroom. 
and that means that the holder of this book can only use words that contain two or less syllables. Oh, Lord. Yeah, this is intense. I like it. It's <laughs> interesting. There was also no text in my book. Are you okay? Are you intentionally talking like that? I don't. What is the problem? Are you at? Wait. That was actually a question, right? I'm not sure. You have an upward inflection at the end of every one of your sentences. You're not hearing that. Val, what does your book say? I can't pick out. What? I can't discern very well. Okay, everybody put your books down. Val drops, just drops the book. I'm putting the book down. These books are controlling us. Right. That's why you weren't able to speak a second ago? Oh, no, I was, I was talking. What, you couldn't hear me? Oh, it sounded like you were choking on yourself. Ugh. Okay, um, so we tried three of the books. There's, let's see, one, two, three, four, five. There's still a couple others. Do, do we want to try another book each? I mean, I guess it didn't hurt. You're totally right. It didn't seem painful. It was just awkward. Wait, what, was I acting differently at all, or was it, was it just the nope. same for me? Not a bit. Completely the same. <laughs> ah, so maybe there's something special about this tome. Uh, Mordecai is going to pick up uh, Necromancy, A History of Evil. And I'm going to grab Win Friends and Influence People. All right, I am sending you some notes. I think that leaves me is it Fall of Man. I, I love this game mechanic. It's great. It's very classic D&D. You have each picked up your respective books now, and I've each sent you a message, so you have to abide by those rules. Mordecai has picked up Necromancy, A History of Evil, and the holder of this book cannot use proper nouns. Giovanni has picked up Necromancy, How to Win Friends and Influence People. The holder of this book must grab a second book. Val has picked up Necromancy and the Fall of Man. The holder of this book must hold onto another man. Uh, in this book, do I see any words? Nope. Hmm. I just rush over and give Gio a big friggin' hug. Hugging? Why? Love you, man. Awkward. You guys be real good to me. You know? I love friends. <laughs> Human friends, anyways. Uh, reading. Re reading, failing. Uh, nothing. Uh, here? Okay. So Val has picked up a book and he has suddenly grabbed onto Giovanni. And Mordecai has picked up a book and he's speaking weirdly. And Giovanni has picked up a book. What do you do, Giovanni? So I'll grab Necromancy, The Starting of Life. And here is your action Necromancy and The Starting of Life. The holder can only speak when others are speaking. Mordecai has picked up his book. He's speaking weirdly. Val has picked up his book and has immediately run over to hug Giovanni. Giovanni has picked up his book and then weirdly went over and picked up another book called Necromancy and the Starting of Life. And you all have your given actions. What do you do? Well, I mean, I'm just going to try and talk to the guys some more and just be like, uh, reading, I think we should try failing, to put the books in the statues. Doing I, th now? I think that would be a good idea. Agreed. Commencing. Yes. It's the only doing yeah. now. Okay, so the three of you are holding on to your respective books, and you approach the statues. Who goes where? Let's start with Mordecai. Okay, the, the book in my hand I'm going to put down. 
because I have a feeling that's not the right one. There's only three statues. A history of evil doesn't seem like it fits with what I read. Um, so I'll pick back up the starting of death and I'll put it on the crone's plate. Okay, so you put your book back down on the table. You walk over and you pick up Necromancy and the starting of death and you walk over to the crone and one of the crone's eyes lights up. Okay, so I'll put the book on the plate and let it go so that I can talk again. Okay. Eyes, uh, do, do you see this? Yeah, loud and clear. I see it. It's only one of the eyes, though. I mean, do both of the eyes need to light up? I think we have to light all I'm the eyes. I'm not sure. All right, somebody else put a book down. I will put um, my book down. All right, so Giovanni, you go to award your book to one of the statues. What do you do? Uh, I'll go to the one that's the pregnant statue. Okay, and you place your book on the platform there? Yes. Okay, you place your book there, and one of the eyes lights up. Uh, that's terrific because, like, as Gio was doing that, I kind of like released him from a hug a little bit, but slid my hand down his arm and just held his hand. Just a nice friend handhold, uh, and it's just as well that he had the uh, the pregnant woman because uh, I like to drop my book on the uh, mittens if if I couldn't. So you're kind of holding Giovanni's hands, maybe, and that's weird because you haven't addressed that at all. <laughs> You drop the book on the maiden's dish, and you no longer feel compelled to hold on to Giovanni, but the eyes on the maiden do not light up. Ooh. All right, so that's maybe not the right one. Uh, what book was that, Val? It was uh, Necromancy and the Fall of Man. Uh, what does a maiden represent? Uh, I believe the bedroom. Naughtiness. Uh, maybe. Or how to win friends and influence people. Uh. Mm. Perhaps we can put two books on the plate and get both eyes to light up. Oh, crap. Presumably, you got three sets of eyes, six, six eyes, six books. All right, yeah, let's, let's give it a shot. Let's figure out the maiden so she can get at least one eye, and then that should narrow our options down. Okay, so I would like to uh, pick up the uh, necromancy in the fall ban, uh, just grab Giovanni's hand, and uh, walk him back to the, uh, to the other stack of books. Uh, I'll exchange mine for um, which ones are on the table, uh, left on the table. I think all of them, except for Necromancy and the uh, History of Evil, right. and Necromancy and Power Incarnate. Which uh, Geo placed. Yes. Okay. So I just kind of tugged Geo along, and uh, he can reload whichever book he wants, I guess, while we're here. So, uh, Val, you drag Giovanni back over to the table while holding your book. You put your book down, and you no longer feel obligated to hold onto Giovanni's hand. <laughs> You may as well reload uh, and, and try to find another book uh, while you're here too, Gio. Just going to play it off pretty cool. What if we put necromancy in the bedroom on the pregnant lady statue? Because, I mean, come on. It's worth it. <laughs> How else it's worth that it. Oh, that, that or the maiden. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to grab that one while I'm back. So Val, you pick up necromancy in the bedroom. I am sending you a message. And I will grab the fall of man. Unless that one's already in a statue. It's getting hard for me to keep track. That one is not in a statue. It's currently back on the desk. It's the one that Val just put down. Okay, I'll grab that one. And then I'll take whatever one's left. I'm sending you a message, Giovanni. And Mordecai, there are still a few that are left. There is Necromancy and the Starting of Life. Necromancy, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Necromancy, A History of Evil. All right, I'll pick that one up. Mordecai, you pick up Necromancy, A History of Evil. I'm going to send you a message. Val picked up Necromancy in the Bedroom. The holder can only use words that contain two or less syllables. Giovanni picks up Necromancy and the Fall of Man. The holder must hold on to another man. Mordecai picks up Necromancy, a history of evil. The holder cannot use proper nouns. Oh, also going to grab onto Val's hand. Ah. Aww.
Thanks, friend. For what? You're a friend. <laughs> Quite. Mordecai's just feeling a little left out, seeing them, like, being all camaraderie-ish. <laughs> I'm over here. I-, I get it. I'm abrasive. Whatever. Under my breath. Hello everyone, sorry to interrupt the action, but I just have a few announcements to make. Again, thanks to everyone who's been listening to the last few podcast episodes. It's super exciting to see these episodes coming out and people listening to them and people seem to like them a lot. If you're interested in becoming a character in Layton Legends, please like and share this podcast on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram with the hashtag Late and Legends. Lowercase, all one word. Most recently, you'll have met Sir Michael Walleye, who is named after a good friend of the show and of mine, Michael Bach. Right now, I'm in the process of planning out season two of Leighton Legends. That's right, there's another season coming, and this one's not even done. So I'll be needing more names for new characters. If you want to be in the podcast, be sure to like and share. I'm also going to be taking items for the Garrison Storehouse. You might remember in episode three, the guys were skimming through a bunch of junk that Nathan, the storehouse clerk, had. I want to get a list of listener-generated items going that the guys can look through and buy. If you've got a good idea for a piece of armor, weapon, tool, or the like, send an email to lateandlegends at outlook.com with the item name, a description of it, and maybe some stats. At the end of today's episode, the guys end up going to Nathan's storehouse again and they pick up some new equipment. Some of the more notable stuff was found on Feralborn Trading. They're a group of artists and writers who make equipment for Dungeons & Dragons. You can check them out on Instagram if you're interested in seeing more of their work. I'd also like to make a shout out to Ross and Troy over at Two Minute Tabletop. They're two creators that write and make maps and assets for starting your own little tabletop adventure. A while back, Brandon bought me access to their character creator, and I just love the little icons. I think they're really cool. If you're interested in checking them out, you can go to twominutetabletop.com or check out their Patreon page. I highly recommend them. Additionally, I've set up a Patreon page for the podcast where listeners who are interested in donating to the podcast can throw in a few bucks. You can find it at patreon.com forward slash Legends. There's no pressure to do so, but there are a few perks that you can get by donating besides just a general feeling of warmth and satisfaction knowing that you helped a bunch of poor podcast fantasy actors, writers, people. Yeah. There's no pressure to stick around if you don't want to, and you can cancel your patronage whenever you'd like. So that's it for announcements. Let's get back into the action. So uh, we're we're sauntering back over towards the statues, I take it? Yes. So you each have three books. You each have respective actions. And you, quote unquote, saunter, uh, two of you closer than the other, back over to the statues. Okay. Mordecai is going to put a history of evil. I'm assuming the crone would represent history. So I'm going to put that one there. Okay. So Mordecai places his book, Necromancy, A History of Evil, on the crone's dish. And her other eye lights up. Oh. That's one. Okay, guys. Okay, on, on Mordecai's suggestion, uh, I'm going to put Necromancy in the bedroom on the uh, the mother. 
Val, you walk over to the mother and you place necromancy in the bedroom on her dish and the eye does not light up. Okay. Maiden. Uh, kind of quickly just, just, uh, are you going over to the maiden as well, Joe? Uh, I thought they'd be close enough that we could still hold hands and access all of them. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. We were holding hands before. So, uh, yeah, I'll just, I'm just going to just, just pass it over and, uh, drop it on the maidens then. Okay. So you pick necromancy in the bedroom up from, the mother statue, and you toss it over onto the maiden's platform, and her eye lights up. Ah! I'd like to place my book onto the pregnant statue. Uh, Yes, so Giovanni, you're actually holding Necromancy and the Fall of Man, and you go to place it on the mother statue, and her eyes do not light up. Uh, I'll just take it and put it on the maiden statue. (laughs) You go to place it on the maiden statue, and her eyes do not light up. That one must be for the mother, then. Uh, no, because he already tried to put it on the mother's platform. Oh, and we suck at puzzles, guys. Quite better than the sewer, I believe. Oh, God. Oh, we don't talk about that. We're not talking about that. <laughs> yeah. This is so confusing, guys. Uh, try putting it on the crone. I mean, both of her eyes are already lit up, but I mean, uh, what else can we do? Do you do, you do that? There, there is still one book on the table then, no? Uh, there are currently three books. Two are on the table. One is in Giovanni's hand. Right. So I'll I'll walk you through what those ones are. So the one in Giovanni's hand is Necromancy and the Fall of Man. The two that are on the table are Necromancy and the Starting of Life and Necromancy, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Okay. We put the Starting of Life on the mother already, though. No, you didn't. Oh, well, let's do that then. Giovanni will take that one and just pop it on that statue. Okay. So Giovanni, you go and you pick up, what was it, Necromancy and the Starting of Life? Yes. Okay, so you pick that up and you walk back over to the platform in front of the mother. You place it on the mother's dish and her eyes light up. So you now have two eyes lit up for the crone and two eyes lit up for the mother. And one for the maiden. And one for the maiden. So then there's just one book left and one slot left. No, there are two books left and one slot left. Ah, okay. Uh... The two books are Necromancy, How to Win Friends and Influence People, and necromancy and the fall of man. Ooh. Oh. It has to be the uh, influence people. I've already tried all of man with the maiden when we walked up hand in hand uh, the first time. So I'll, I'll grab that last book, uh, uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People, and pop it on the maiden. Okay, so you pick up the book, and you are getting a message right now in Discord. Val has just picked up necromancy, How to Win Friends and Influence People. The holder of this book must grab a second book. Now, I realize that this is going to be weird, Val, but you have to make this work. Right. Okay, so um, there was still two books on the, on the table, though, right? No, there was your book, which you currently picked up, which was Necromancy, How to Win Friends and Influence People. And there is Necromancy and the Fall of Man, which is in Giovanni's hand because he's holding hands with you still. Ah, okay. I'm just, I'm just going to move and just jerk the book out of uh, Gio's hand. Can I have both of you roll deck saves? Yeah, <laughs> interesting. <laughs> 19. I roll a 7. Okay, so Val, you go to reach for the other book that's in Giovanni's hand, and he kind of pulls it away. You manage <laughs> to touch it for a second, and during that second, you feel a very deep need to try and hold on to somebody else. But as soon as your hand slips from that, you no longer feel that need. However the action of the book that you are currently holding is still compelling you. Right. Okay, so I uh, 
I'm just like, like a, I mean, like Gio's kind of brushed me off a little bit, but I'm just like a, like a little child. I'm like, ah! I'm just trying to grab that last book. So I'm like, Gio, man, come on. Uh, you know, we, we've got it. Uh, we've got it figured out. Give me the book and, and I can solve this puzzle. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's that simple. Uh, perhaps I can just place the book. Uh, okay, I'm so, <laughs> words are really kind of like, I'm, I'm hearing them, but they really don't have any effect. And I, and I just kind of keep um, reaching for it. And I actually want to, I'm kind of getting a little put out. I want to see if I can't just like carry Giovanni, like, like strength check, roll it and like arm lock him and just carry him over to the maid if I can't. You, you, want, you want a strength check? I want a strength check you, sir. Give me that damn book, fool. Well, I rolled a nat 20. <laughs> so that's a 23. Well, I guess, like, yeah, I guess with my uh, negative one, I don't, really, I don't know if I can roll. <laughs> and I rolled a, well, 13. Well, 14, I guess, but with a negative one. So you try to pick Giovanni up in an attempt to get at the book that's in his hand. And you just are not able to. Giovanni <laughs> just very quickly puts you down. And it might be because he's actually holding on your hand as you are trying to do this. And he just kind of twists you back without breaking grip because he does not want to let go of your hand either. It's like Twister up in here. Um, <laughs> Why do you want this book so bad? It's just, I just, I need it. It's something about it. It must be the, the leather binding or the, uh, I don't know, the gold embossed letters. Would it take you uh, wood elf types for the leather leather type? But uh, sure. <laughs> I mean, I I think I'm just gonna walk over to the statue and put one of the books down. You can even just hold it, Joe. This moment is just like a like a semicircle. You can always hold hands, friend. We just there's no need for violence. Why don't we just if I could just if I could just but hold the book? Oh, I'm quite content to go to violence if you're challenging me. <laughs> Mordecai is getting annoyed by these two at this point. He's like. Would you two just hurry up? <laughs> I concur. Let, let's just go over to the statues. <laughs> okay, you can try to go over to the statues. Um, Val, you are still compelled, though. Uh, Giovanni, are you going to try and pull Val yeah, over I, to the I statue? I think I'm just going to drag him over there now yeah. at this point. <laughs> Both of you make strength checks. Clash again. <laughs> I rolled another nat 20. Wow. I have, I have a five, so I am still just keeping on. I'm looking petulant child or something like <laughs> so Val is kind of screaming and, and kicking at Giovanni <laughs> as he drags him over to the last statue and so you're in front of the, the last statue now you each have a book in one of your hands then the other hands are now holding each other's hands and that's kind of weird uh, but Val is kind of still struggling to get that book from Giovanni. What are you doing? This is for Val or me, because at this point, I just kind of want to pommel strike him to try to knock some sense into him. <laughs> at this point, I might accept it. <laughs> Can I, I, with a 23, does that give me the power to drag him to the, just to the statues? You just place me on. You guys are both standing in front of the statue right now. You're like a foot away. But Val is just kind of getting more feral as he tries to <laughs> get the other Can I knock? Can I knock the book out of his hand? Uh, you could do that if you like. Both of you make dex checks. Okay. I rolled an eighteen. Nineteen. Oh come on! Ah! Come on! All right. So Val rolled a nineteen, and you try to knock the book out of his hand, but Val just nimbly kind of pulls away when you go to reach for it, and you're not able to take it out. Sweet object. <laughs> How close are we to the statues? Like, can I can I put my book on the statue? You're you're literally a foot in front of the statue. Okay, I'm just gonna put my book on the statue. 
Okay, you put your book on the statue. You no longer feel compelled to hold Val's hand if you don't want to. Although, I mean, maybe you still do. Absolutely not. It's acting like a child. <laughs> not, not after all that, boy. At <laughs> first I was into it, but now I don't think so. <laughs> so you drop your book on the pedestal and the eye doesn't light up. I'm going to leave it there because Val wanted it so bad he could go and get it and switch it out with his book. Terrific. Okay. Damn right. So after all this nonsense and literally me and Gio trying to like hug each other and grapple each other to this, this statue, I just want to just kind of give him a smack. Are you smacking me? Yes, I'm giving him a little knock upside the head. And quickly, now that the book is free that I want so damn bad, like a feral animal, I'm going to jump on it and just quickly swap. You managed to do this weird kind of semi-aggressive attack on this platform, trying to take one of the books while also getting rid of your book. And you managed to drop your book, which was Necromancy, How to Win Friends and Influence People, onto the Maiden's platform. And Necromancy and the Fall of Man, I guess, falls to the ground, or did you grab it or what? Slapped the top book off with my last book. Okay, so, you, so you're not holding that book, or you're not holding any books. And more, I should have dumped it on the platform. So with that action completed, both eyes of the Maiden's statue have opened up. All the eyes now are glowing, and there is a single book now that is left on the ground just adjacent to the Maiden's statue. Okay, guys, back up. Okay, this one was making Valak kind of funny, so uh, let, let me try something. And I'm going to reach out for the book with my mage hand instead of my actual hand. So you reach out for the book with your mage hand instead of your actual hand, and your mage hand grabs the book on the ground immediately it starts going to who is it the closest to uh probably val because val just dropped it okay so it immediately brings itself back onto val and it kind of brings its pinky finger around val's pinky finger and it's very cute okay uh can i use my mage hand to bring him and the book back over to the table (laughs) sure val are you okay with coming back to the table or am i gonna do some more uh strength checks between you and an imaginary hand even my mage hand gets more love than me. Me and the mage hand are going to comply. Okay, all right. So you walk over to the table with the mage hands pulling you, kind of. And it has the book. What do you do, Mordecai? Uh, I'm going to drop the book on the table and use the mage hand to like open up the pages to see if there are any words in it now. Ooh. Okay. So the mage hand kind of does this weird shimmy thing where it's pulling Val, but also trying to drop the book on the table at the same time. And it ends up dropping the book. The book opens up and inside the pages are still blank. But now there is a cutout in the center of the book in the shape of a rather large yellow crackling crystal. And you can see that just over top of it seems to be a piece of scrap paper that is ripped and nested right next to it. I'm going to grab the crystal first because it's shiny. <laughs> okay, so Mordecai, you have picked up the crystal because it is shiny. Yeah. Does it have a, like a name or something? Or I think this is the shard that uh, we need to bind the necromancer to the uh, the realm or whatever. Yeah, you could call it a prison shard, a prison crystal. You could call it a crystal, whatever you want to because we never gave it an explicit name. It simply was. Okay, cool. So he's going to take a very long look at it, and then I'm just going to slip it into the inside pocket of my coat and zip it in there so it doesn't get lost. Then I guess I'll reach for the note. All right. So you pick the note up, and scribbled on the note in very frantic handwriting is three words. It says, cinema in silhouette. 
Emma and Silhouette. Can I have each of you roll a an investigation check? Yeah. Coming up. That will be a 12. That'll be a 4. Uh, and a 22 for me. That's actually a nat 20. So very well done there, Val. Um, so the two of you are not familiar with this phrase. Mordecai and Giovanni, you're not quite familiar with it. Val, you weirdly do recall this phrase. And you have a flashback when you see it on the piece of paper. And you see yourself entering Renland for the first time ever. And you're walking through its great gate into the city. And as you do that, you're passing by a couple derelict buildings. And you look over to your left. And there's like an abandoned building there. It's quite large. It's all grayscale looking like it was almost completely made out of some kind of cement. And at the top, above the building, is a phrase that says cinema in silhouette and the c is kind of on an angle and like one of the a's looks like it's about to fall off and all the windows are kind of boarded up and you have a moment when you're standing there when there's someone passing you by as you stand there and you turn to them and you say hey what was this building they turn to you and say oh that's the uh that's the old cinema and silhouette building that's where we used to go for uh shadow plays kind of so like people would have like plays and they they'd make them with their fingers and like light would cast shadows onto it but uh once puppets came out people just were no longer <laughs> interested in that for their main source of of uh, entertainment so people really kind of moved over to puppets and then the silhouette in cinema or cinema and silhouette sorry i'm already forgetting uh, kind of uh, went away. It, uh, it went out of business, and many of the buildings ended up boarded up all, all across the country. Used to be real big, not anymore. Funny how times change. And then you flash back to the present. Does this mean anything to you guys? I know this place. Uh, you know, I, I I had seen it when I had first come to Renland. Uh, it's a place? Also, yeah, it's a place right here in Renland. It's a, it's a, it's closed. It looked uh, abandoned, but it's but it's yeah, it's just by, it's just by the gates. Uh, is this for, uh, presumably from Morty? Perhaps Morty left this note for us? Okay. Um, question number one. How do we get out of here? Excellent question, Mordecai. Yes, I'm very confused. Is it still, like, dark and spooky in here now that we've completed the puzzle? So you've been looking at the book for a few seconds, and you kind of held the crystal, and Val picked up the note on the crystal, and you've been reading through it. And as your focus is on those instruments on the table, you notice your surroundings start to brighten a bit and you can kind of feel them fading away from being this dark, grim building. And you can even see that like books are starting to appear on the shelves a bit. Spider webs are disappearing and you can see that dust is even disappearing off of some of the books. And then all of a sudden you realize that you are now back inside the original library. Oh, oh okay. Right on. I'm not too sure what all happened there, guys, but it's good to be back. I would say that was kind of a trip. What was up with you guys holding hands? You'll never know. You'll never know. I'll never speak of the shortcut again. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, anyways, yeah, I gotta go talk to the, the desk clerk guy, and then you guys want to find this place? Yes, yeah, definitely. Let's touch base with Mike on the way up. Yeah, let's do that. As Mordecai walks away, I just want to grab Val's hand really quick and kind of just make a second of eye contact with him. <laughs> then, then re- but then release and walk away. There's this very cute moment. I just, I just, I just want to see if any of the magic's there. If it was just the book, <laughs> it was just the book compelling us to do that. Uh, uh, yeah, maybe. You get to decide for your characters what you want to do. Do an insight check. 
it would be an insight check, but this is not something that the fates can decide. It is something that has to come from within. I'm going to use my passive wisdom to determine if it was the the book's will or if it was something more. <laughs> well, I mean, your passive wisdom doesn't really come uh, but, but, from anything. You could can, can certainly... I, I think uh, I understand my character better than anybody Okay. Uh, okay. So your wisdom tells you that there was something enchanted about those books that was really pushing you guys to be closer to each other and wanting to hold on to each other uh, when you're each respectively holding a particular book. And now that you're not holding it, you don't really feel that inclination to hold Val's hand anymore. No more than Giovanni normally would. But there is a thought that kind of crosses your mind. Like, what if? Like, is that is that all it was? Maybe there's something still there. And you can pursue that storyline on your own time. <laughs> it's okay. I've, I've, I've determined it was just a book. I just, I just wanted to okay. see. All right. So the three of you make your way back up to the head of the library, where you see Mike standing at his desk there. And he's kind of flipping through a few pages and doing some cataloging. And he looks up as you approach. Uh, you guys uh, find everything you need? I think we found yeah, a little yeah. more than that, if you know what I mean. Well, I mean, it is a library, and uh, <clears throat> no, I don't. <laughs> ah. Hey, uh, about that library card. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure, sure, no problem. And so Mike pulls out a couple little cards, starts scribbling away on them, then he pulls out a large textbook that looks like an index of all the people who have access to the library. He goes through it. What's your name again? That's uh, Morty, M-O-R-D-Y, uh... That's a, that's what I go by. I don't really have a last name. You don't have a surname? Nope. Nope. Uh, it's just, okay. It's, uh, yeah. Okay, that's fine. Uh, sign here. And he twists the index around to you and pushes it towards you. There's a quill that's right next to it. Cool. So I'm going to sign it, but like I'm just not really thinking about it. He still writes Mordecai down. Okay, here you go. Yeah. So he flips the book around, takes a look at it, pulls out one of his index cards and starts uh, writing what appears to be an access card for you to the library. And he looks back over at his pages where you sign. He said, uh, Morty, is that uh, short for Mordecai? Yeah, yeah, I don't really go by that. That's, uh, yeah, it's, just call me Morty. I prefer that. Sure, no problem. Do you mind if I put your legal name on this, though? Because this is a legal document. Yeah, yeah, that, uh, fine, yeah. What, what if I give you like? I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna I'm gonna do it anyways. All right, here I go. Writing Mordecai, and he starts spelling it out very loudly. M O R D, and he kind of trails off, and then continues writing the rest of it. Then he spins it around and passes it to you, and he picks up those three textbooks that you gave him, and he said, "All right, so you have a week with these, and then uh, you'll have to return them." Thanks. Thanks. Uh, all right, uh, we we better go. Uh, uh, have a good day, I guess. <clears throat> All right, you two, you two, Mordecai, and also Val and Giovanni. I did get your names. Uh, Michael, uh, uh, just one last thing, perhaps before we go. Uh, you seem to be missing uh, a good chunk of books in the necromancy section. More on police business. Are, are you able to tell us who rented those out? Um, well, I think the only guy that I uh, that came across looking for that stuff was that uh, Martin fella who came in through here. Um, I'll go check out those books later. But uh, I, I, I don't know. Maybe he just put them on his desk or something. Okay. All right. Is that, is, uh, is that everything for you guys? You need anything else? Mordecai's already out the door. Yeah, no, no. We're fine. Thank you, Mr. Trout. We'll be on our way now. <laughs> All right. Uh, see ya. It's Walleye. Bye. See you, Bass. Walleye. And that salmon guy was awfully nice. 
All right, so the three of you make your way out of the university library. You're now in the campus. It's now getting pretty late. You can see that it looked like the library as you were leaving was starting to kind of clean up and many people were leaving the building. It was too late even for them to be open. And you're now standing in the courtyard in the dark, wondering what to do. Well, I think we got what he wanted us to come here for. Yes, but we're still no real closer to finding him. We, we never really are, right? He said that that place moves and shifts like he could literally be anywhere. I want to do something crazy here and try to call him on the stone phone. Do I still have that? or? Yeah, you guys all still have your stones of fire speech. They yell out like, uh, Martin, we summon you to the stone phone. Ring-a-ling. Okay, there is static on the other end. And it's explicit static. It's not just like silence. It's like a, a buzzing static noise, like white noise in the background. Yeah, good fully work. I think we we might be near like a stone tower, so we got to get better reception. Little to the left. All towers are stone towers in this uh, world. Save save it for the great wooden tower of uh, Nathalinia. And with that, the world has grown a little bigger. Just coloring in that world map a little more with some new locations. Okay, gentlemen, I fear the stones will not work. Perhaps we must try a new avenue of exploration to find our friend and... Stop the necromancer. Like, yo, that, that or Martin is compromised. It did sound like, and I'm explicitly throwing up my finger quotes here, the doctor found him. Such a horrid, horrid suggestion to even fathom. Where, where are we going to find the phylactery then? I suspect through the cinema. Yeah, that makes sense. Are we ready to go there, though? Martin had all this power. He trapped all these bad guys. And he said that we weren't tough enough. Maybe so, but we didn't have the crystal before. True, but do we do we even know how to use the crystal to bind him? We don't know the binding spell or anything like that. Oh, presumably we'd find Martin and, and he would do that. Is there anything at all that we might be able to pick up along the way? Any equipment, any tools, any potions that we might need? Stop at Feralborn, maybe? See if they're open this late? Uh, bug Nathan? I don't if know. If we're going to get to heavy combat, I would like to enlist the aid of my sister as well. Grab the automaton? Yeah. Get some back. We can send the automaton in. Are first. we going to do a save point? Like a uh, uh, after you proceed past here, you can't turn back and finish your other quest. Yeah, that's sort of what you're you're entering. Oh, I would say let's stock up. Yeah, absolutely. We can still head out tonight, but let's get some materials. Yes, real time. Yeah, no, yeah, real time, real time. Yeah. Did you want to go like visit Nathan or Feralborn or something? Mordecai definitely wants to go bug Nathan because he's been tossing around some ideas. It's it's also the place where the automaton is as well. So. Exactly. Two two birds, one automaton. Okay, so leaving the, the university, this is becoming a very familiar trek to you guys as you seem to be going to the university and to the garrison back and forth often these days. You make your way back to the garrison. The garrison is starting to slow down for the evening. You can see that the night shift is starting to come on. And you make your way into the courtyard of the garrison, and you see that Nathan is just leaving his shop. He's stepping out through the front door. The lights are turned off in it, and he's about to lock the door. Yeah, hey! Wait. Good sir. Oh, you three. What do you want? Uh, something kind of specific, actually. You said you were good with enchanting, right? Yeah. Could you give me a hand with something tonight? Um, I mean, it depends on what it is. Okay, um, can we go inside and talk? So Nathan kind of looks down, sighs, 
looks back up at you, says, okay. And with that, he pushes the door open. And as he steps into the entrance of his storehouse, the lights just themselves turn on. He doesn't have to turn anything on. They just turn themselves on at his mere presence. Oh, this guy's cool. He turns around, closes the door. All right, what do you want? Uh, we're, we're tracking down a lead. There's a, a very strong magic user, a necromancer, and I've got some supplies and some money. I was hoping you could help. Give me some defenses here. And he, he's going to pull out the rest of the mage's aqua. I'm going to take off my tattered coat and my money pouch. I was wondering if there was something we might be able to do, either, I don't know, make this better armored or uh, help me with some resistances to necromantic magic. I don't know. You're, you're the guy. So Nathan looks up on the table where you have put all of your accoutrement and he steps up on his little platform to help him be able to look at the table a little bit better. And he holds up your cloak and kind of turns it around. It's a little threadbare. And he looks back at you and he says, you want to enchant this? Well, I mean, if you've got a similar coat, I mean, I've kind of had this forever. It's my coat, but... Well, I might be able to... We might have a better one in stock. I could enchant this. It'd still look the same, but it'd be able to withstand a bit more scratches, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, that's that's fine. Uh, it's whatever you can do, man. It's just, it's kind of a dire situation, so... All right, well, I could enchant this, give it a plus one to armor... It'd have a few other attributes because that's how the spells work at this enchanting level. Like, it'd help you move silently and move faster, things like that. But that's going to run you up about uh, 500 gold, and I'd need the whole night to work on it. Oh, okay. 500. Uh, I've got 160 on me right now. What if I give you the rest of my paychecks? No. Money now. Money up front. Always. That's my, that's my catchphrase. Money now. Money up front, always. That's what I say. <laughs> I thought your catchphrase was no. Well, that's my other catchphrase. If you if you pull the string on my back, I'll also say that. May I interrupt for just a moment here? Uh, perhaps you have some consumable items, like potions, holy water, uh, just throwable objects that may give us an advantage when battling with the undead? Um, I don't think I have that stuff specifically. But we did get a few new items in stock if you want to take a look at them. I will. So there are a few new items that have been added to the Leighton Legends shop items list. Well, I'm going to use my 50 gold to get the uh, the uh, spiders. <laughs> oh, he's got some uh, some stuff from Feralborn in here. Okay, this is pretty neat. And a frying... <laughs> I feel like you can use the pan of frying as like a timed bomb. <laughs> wow, that ghostwood bow is really cool. I can't wield a bow now, though. Spectral sheet. Oh my god, there's some really cool stuff. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh, oh my god. Yo, there's your cell phone booster, uh, John. Feudal Translate. I know. Of I, might buy, <laughs> I, I might buy all that right now. And Tinder. Yo, like totally pimp out your, uh, your far speech uh, stone. Series X, man. <laughs> I just have some questions about how the, the Stone of Far Speech gets upgraded here. Dude, with, with, the, with the Feudal Master for Far Speech, we could probably find our way to Nardini. That's what I'm saying. Like, like my, my knowledge of the, the maps of this land are so bad. I, I mean, you know, I'm going to do it. I don't really care about money anyway. I'm just going to upgrade my Stone phone. 
Uh, Josh, we're all obviously going to second here to look at the, the goods here, man. Like um, this ghost bow I'm reading, but is it kind of like unlimited ammo? Like, uh, Yeah, which is it's sort of the nature with all uh, long range equipment in this campaign is that I will never ask you to count ammo and be like, yeah, OK. I suppose that if you wanted to visualize it, this bow might have like spectral arrows. No, I like that. And I, and I, I, like, I really just dig the aesthetic of it, actually, too. Yeah, it really it suits your character really well. No, I like. I know. I, I feel like it was drop here. Like, call it typecast, but like, I've got some dough, and I can buy my f box of spiders too with all my f bolster money. Man, I'm like twice as loaded as you fools. I got like 130 gold. I'm, I'm doing all right. I I had 15 last session. I have 225 now. I'm f feeling large, man. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I'm just curious. If I upgrade my stone of far speech, can I only talk with other people who have stones of far speech? So it'll just be like wizard babes and like sorceress babes <laughs> and like warlock babes, or like is there, there going to be some trolls on on the tender for the stone of far? Oh, speech? you know there's trolls on the <laughs> You know there's trolls on it. Literal trolls though. Like, oh, oh yeah, oh yeah, much. Okay. So if you want to talk to people outside of your network yeah we'll call it that network you have to you have to attune them to each other's device oh, okay and do you do that by matching them <laughs> sort of yeah you have to be in proximity and you kind of have to hold them close to each other there's kind of a technical aspect to it that you don't necessarily know but it is possible to attune yours to somebody else's but you have to be near them yeah yeah okay now I'll, I'll just buy all that stuff then how does that go Okay, um, so let's kind of, you guys have each been looking at a few different things that you want to get. What I would like for you to do, John, is read out the item that you want to get, read out who submitted it, and then give me a description of that item. All right, uh, well, I want to buy three items. I want to get the Feudal Maps for the Stone of Fire Speech. Feudal Maps is a magic mapping service developed by Feudal. It offers illusionary imagery of many fiefdom layouts mapped by Feudal, all in the palm of your hand. No more carrying around easily damaged maps or wasting precious paper drawing your own. Compatible with all ingenious and metaphoric models of stone of far speech. Okay, it's all igneous and okay, metamorphic. Because right. because the person who submitted this is a geologist. And her name is... <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I also want to get the Tinder for stone of far speech. Tired of having to replace your flint every few weeks? With Tinder, a one-time purchased add-on to your stone of far speech, you can just swipe your stone to create that spark. 15 gold points, once again, created by Kate. I have a lot of questions about how this one works, but uh, we'll get to that when we get to it. And then the most useful one, I think, is the Feudal Translate for Stone of Far Speech, which is a cutting edge. It instantly translates words between common speech and over in certain number of other languages. It's fairly accurate sometimes. So I, I think it's just a translator that's not very accurate for the, the Stone of Far Speech. <laughs> and that's also created by Kate. I'd like to pick up this spectral sheet. The spectral sheet is a normal but slightly tattered white bed sheet with two small eye holes. The sheet is large enough to cover a medium or small creature along with whatever equipment they're carrying. It's pretty neat because as an action, if you cover yourself in the sheet, your person, it looks like, uh, can go into the ethereal plane. You remain in the border ethereal until you use an action to remove the sheet, or if you die during this time, you can move in any direction. You can move through objects and creatures, uh, but if you stop inside of an object or inside of a creature, you take force damage. While in the ethereal plane, you can only affect other creatures on the same plane. Uh, you can see in here the plane that you originated from, but everything looks gray and distorted. While you're in this plane, you have resistances to 
acid, cold, fire, lightning, thunder, bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing damage from all non-magical attacks, immunity to necrotic and poison damage, as well as immunity to being grappled, paralyzed, petrified, poisoned, prone, and or restrained. That one comes straight from Feralborn Trading, our friends on Instagram. Shout out Feralborn Trading. Yeah, I'll buy this one off of Nathan, and then I guess Mordecai would ask him, like, you wouldn't happen to have, like, a needle and thread or something? Uh, for what? I want to take this sheet, but I want to stitch it into my coat. So, like, if I need to, I can just, like, pop the hood up and poof, you know, make it, you know, a little bit quicker to use. I guess I could lend you uh, some needle and thread just on the house, I guess. Just return it when you're done. Thanks, dude. You're a pal. I actually want to buy some things, too. First and foremost, I want to buy the box of spiders. I didn't have enough money the last time, and I said I was going to be back for them, so I want to buy my little friends. It's a one-time use. Summons a group of four spider minions when thrown, which attack the closest foe. And this was submitted by our friend, Brandon Pinkney. Just a quick question on how big are these spiders? They're not like spiders like that you would find in your window shelf. This is a spider that is going to eat you. It's huge. Uh, like a tarantula. Uh, it, it is more like a dog. Pressed in a small small handheld box so they're nice and angry? Yeah. It's kind of like the size of a uh, salt box. Oh, perfect. Okay. Oh, very good. And then, it, yes, there's some kind of magic or something that has enchanted it. And... Yeah, maybe. You have no idea. I, I Is there any instructions? Do you just, like, hurl on the ground? like? You, you throw this box at an enemy and then it explodes <laughs> and four spiders appear and attack whichever enemy is closest to them. Bingo. Okay. Uh, okay, so that is my first purchase, please. It's sort of like a Pokeball, but with four very angry Pokemon in it. The second purchase I want to make, I'm balling right now, is the Ghostwood Bow. Okay, so I have a couple of charges to do like kind of special actions with this bow. It's equal to my proficiency modifier, which is two, so it's not too many. But it does recharge, I believe, in a day. So you can expend one charge to whisper the command word, which is witness. Release an arrow towards any point within range of the bow. Uh, for the next 10 minutes, you can see in here from the arrow's location as if you were there. Another one is a charge. And in a word, they're kind of like armor-piercing arrows, if you can imagine that. They can travel through objects, ignoring cover. Kind of like the rail guns from a racer. And you can kind of like peg guys through walls. And you can even go through an enemy, and if you can hit someone five feet behind them, you can hit them as well. And that is given to us again by our friends in Feralborn Trading. So that is my purchase. Uh, Mordecai's got an extra 60 bucks. Uh, those health potions, they were like 50, right? So I'll pick up one of those. Okay. So you grab a health potion. That was also submitted by Cody Gagnon. It's kind of stock for Dungeons & Dragons. It's uh, 2d4 plus 2 hit points when you drink this potion, so you get a little health back. Awesome. Awesome. So with that, you guys have finished up your purchases at Nathan's shop. He seems a little disgruntled because, of course, he had to stay late to sell you guys shit. And you guys leave Nathan's storehouse, and you make your way back out to the courtyard, and it is now very late at night. Maybe it's around 11 o'clock, and now you have decisions you have to make. You think we're ready, guys? I'll need to get my sister. If, if we think we're going to be facing the necromancer, we're going to need another paladin at least. I can't think of anything else that's going to help us right now, to be honest. I mean, do you want to bug Joel? <laughs> Joel's probably in bed. I think it'd be worth a try. Uh, we can definitely, yeah, let's definitely go and rouse him. Worth a go. All right, let's wake Joel up. I think if the fight's going to be as rough as I think it is, any, any extra body would be helpful. Sure, but I, I would say we can't dally too long either. Let's get in there. We'll see if we can find him, extricate him. And go, I, we probably shouldn't fight anything that looks like it's going to murder us. Oh, we, I, I think at this point we've got to try and either just, yeah, just get Martin. He'll know what to do with the, the prison stone as well, so. 
This is a search and rescue, not a search and destroy. I would agree. I agree with Mordecai. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Thank you, everyone, for listening to our podcast. The next part will be coming out every Wednesday mid-morning. If you're interested in hearing more about us, please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Anchor, or Patreon as Late and Legends. Additionally, a special thanks to our patrons this month, Paula, Ethan, Kate, Al, and our newest one, Dan. Seeing so many people sign up really kind of makes the experience of making this podcast really fun. And it's awesome to know that people enjoy it. If you're like Paula, Ethan, Kate, Al, and Dan and want to support our show, be sure to check out our Patreon page. We'd love to have your help. In the meantime, I hope you enjoyed the show and I hope you have a good day. We'll see you next week. 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 Week.